Welcome to the Body Positivity Podcast with Diana and Arliss, and we have an amazing guest with us today. Yvonne is a performance coach for people who have too little time and crave to take their business to the next level. Through her programs and VIP coaching, she's here to help you grow your business further while making it all feel like a breeze, getting you to drastically reduce your work hours. And when she's not coaching, you can find her indulging in beach walks and a sparkling glass of champagne. Stop working 24-7, bring back the fun, and ease in your business, and get ready for that next level with amazeyourself.com. We're so excited to welcome Yvonne. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Yay, Yvonne. We're so thrilled to have you to learn more about you. Uh, it's, I know it's going to be an amazing conversation just based on what we shared even before the podcast started. So I'm curious, I'm going to ask our first question. What's the part of your body that's been the easiest for you to love? Um, I've always loved my smile and my legs. <laughs> There's no connection there, but, um, I love to laugh and, you know, I really always, it, it, when I see myself smile, I get happy and I've got quite a lengthy legs, which is a burden on a plane. But other than that, it's really handy because, you know, at concerts, I can look um, over everyone else. And it's just nice to, it's the nice feature. That's fantastic. And you obviously have a bright and dazzling smile. Uh, for all of the people that are listening right now. Um, do you feel like your confidence and your love for your smile and your legs has made connecting to others even easier, especially your smile, because it's something that we use all the time in the connection with others? Yeah, for sure. And, and it's something that I wasn't always aware of until I on purpose started using to smile. Sometimes, you know, I, I like to play this game where you walk outside and you're just walking and you meet someone and you don't know them. And, you know, they might be biking or whatever, and you just smile. And when you try it, no one can resist the smile. It's just one of the best feelings that you made another person laugh. So yeah, I, and, and that's without words, right? So the other thing that I uh, consciously did is when you call someone and you can hear it in someone's voice, even when you don't look at them, because like now I'm not smiling, but right now I am smiling and you can hear it in someone's voice. And it are those things that really make a connection easier and, and more fun. You feel better when you're smiling as well. I love how you mentioned that smiling brings more ease and fun to what you do. I think that that's something that many people don't recognize, you know, but at the same time, sometimes as women, we get told to smile uh, in times where we don't want to. And and I, I can totally hear that it's a it can be a great thing when it's a choice of our own. But has there ever been a place or a time where others have forced you to smile or has it always just been something that came naturally to you? Um, well, nothing comes up, actually, um, that I've been forced to smile. So I'm happy with that. 
I did have a period, but that that's not um, in the Netherlands. There is a, a habit. I'm Dutch, so I'm from the Netherlands. That when you meet a person, you give them three kisses, like three times on the cheek. And there has been a period that I just felt forced to do it, and it didn't feel comfortable, and I just refused to do it. I was like, I'm, I'm out. out. So I would say to everyone, I would say, I'm not into kissing. I'm not into kissing. I've grown over that, but there was certain a period where I was like, no, I don't. This isn't me right now because it was so. It felt so forced, and um, I gave up for a while. But right now, I'm good. I'm just so used to working internationally living internationally that often i'm not sure whether i do two or three or one so sometimes you have that awkward situation where you're kind of hanging in the air and you go like oh i'm dutch i do three oh okay (laughs) but yeah no that's uh that's the only thing that comes to mind yeah thank you for sharing that um I think it's it's interesting. I can totally hear and understand how something like that could feel forced and then also be so different based on country lines. Like not everybody does a three. So I, I don't know what country, for example, would do a two versus a one versus a three. But I could see how with your international experience that that would be like, oh, wait, are you a one? Or a two? How, how many are we going for here kind of thing? Uh, that's that's really interesting. A great perspective to share. Thank you for that. Yeah. So which part of your body have you found that it's been harder or the hardest to love? For sure, my stomach, you know, um, because it, it's it's always been more filled and um, more obvious. And I didn't like that for a very long time. And then. I went from my stomach to my bum to my hips. I've got very, I've got a very, um, I would love to call it, um, how do you call it, a, a scent, you know, like that, a very, but I've never felt that it was a very feminine shape. I always felt like, mm, you know, um, until actually, well, um, maybe not that, you know, quite recently, I actually thought, you know what? I am. A, I have a feminine shape. I have hips. I have a belly. I have a bum. So what, you know? And um, I always used to kind of cover myself up and and wear baggy clothes. And I didn't even. I wasn't even aware of it until I went shopping with a very good friend of mine who has always been a bit more filled than me, um, and she's gorgeous. And we went shopping in the same shop, but we got the same size. And I thought, okay, something doesn't add up here. So maybe I should take a smaller size and maybe I should just wear something that is more revealing. Um, And I was so surprised, first of all, that it fitted. And second of all, that it actually looked amazing. And, you know, even though sometimes I still feel more filled and I have bad days, I do wear it because I'm like, well, this is me, you know, um, and I'm actually now very happy with my 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 stomach and my belly because it also it, it was home to my daughter. 
And I'm very happy that it, you know, is your guts as well. So it has a, a lot of information there that I try to listen to. Um, so I've, I've come to value it more. Well, and what I'm hearing is that, um, and I would love to know more about this from you, is, is that, you know, in the culture that you live in, is the more curvy or hourglass figure of a woman more desired in that culture? Or is it more of, um, more of a straight silhouette that is more desired? Because I think that it does, it is really different from culture to culture. Yes, yes. No, it, it, here it is more straight. <laughs> Even like with jeans, I always struggled. I was like, who are these women? Where are their hips? You know, <laughs> I felt out of place. And then what also made a big difference for me was when I moved to South Africa. And um, it was such an amazing experience. Women were like our, you know, yeah, they they were the full shebang and they were wearing bright yellow and 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 the most amazing dresses and so proud and I was like wow um back then I wasn't truly like happy yet but it was such an amazing experience to to see how different it was and I also realized that many of the images I was used to seeing like in magazines on television you know social media as well that it's actually often making us more insecure than that it's uplifting so i kind of also became picky at what i what i looked at and what i trusted to get into my brain and that also helped I really like that. I think that um, I could hear you come alive as you were talking about your experience in South Africa and what a light bulb moment it must have felt like for you to be like, this is completely different in terms of a, a philosophy or a looking at someone's body or any of those sort of things. And that, honestly, it's one of my favorite parts of traveling to somewhere different. You get to see people who have a completely different perspective on life and a way of living. And it opens your eyes up to the way that I have always seen things, the way that I've always looked at things is not the way that it necessarily has to be. And I love hearing that for you, it led to you starting to question the sources by which you were looking at and start to notice the subconscious messaging that you were receiving from, from society about what was acceptable for your body and starting to realize like that had, that really had no bearing on who you are or who you, you know, how you want to celebrate your body. Yeah. So other than, um, other than changing, you know, what you got getting picky about what you looked at, how else did you find that that changed you? Well, I think it was the start of me accepting myself more and me accepting that I am more curvy than maybe is, is common here. And the funny thing is once you start to accept it more and once you're more in agreement with it, you see it also more. You actually notice that you're not the only woman with hips, you know, walking around in the neighborhood. There are actually many more. And, and you start to see, yeah. And this is funny because I struggle here now. So I'm not completely there yet. But I wanted to say you started to see how beautiful you are. 
but I couldn't say it in one sentence. So <laughs> work in progress. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, one thing that Diana and I are always talking about and that our guests are such great examples of like you is that body positivity and body acceptance and self-love is a journey. There is no end point and how we feel in one moment, it might be different in another moment. And that full spectrum journey is okay. Um, and really being honest about where we are. I know from my own experience, when I moved to Hawaii, it was incredibly liberating. I, um, I grew up in California, which is also very much a proponent of that more straight um, silhouette. And that's not what my body type is, no matter what size I've been. I've always been curvy um, and hourglass shaped. And going to the beaches here and seeing women that are, um, you know, a, a bigger body size than me wearing teeny tiny little bikinis and feeling so empowered to do so. Um, it totally changed my perspective on my body and the, and how comfortable I felt in my body. So I can definitely relate to your experience of going to South Africa. Yeah. I, I, and what, what also, I don't know what your experience was, but what really got to me is the confidence that is actually sexy no matter what. That was really what, what spoke to me. You know, the confidence, the happiness, the, the, the body confidence, like this is me. And, and, and that's actually the whole that makes someone really attractive. It doesn't matter basically how they look like. It's more how happy they are with themselves that I, I thought was the most appealing thing. I think that's so beautiful because so many times based on the societal norms that we've learned to internalize, it can feel like I will be happy with my body when I will feel confident in my own skin when instead of and then you see these women who are maybe bigger than you, curvier than you, more of the thing that you don't necessarily love about yourself. And then you're like, damn, she looks good damn, she's rocking it, you know, and, it, and you start to realize that it has so much to do with how are you carrying that? How are you carrying it? You know, and, and so often, like you're saying, that shame, that judgment, that guilt, it's unattractive uh, and it, it comes through and, um, and shows. I love that. Yeah. So I wonder, you know, um, when you are, feeling those feelings that we all feel at some point where we feel disconnected from our body. How do you reconnect with your body and get back to a positive place? Well, um, it's depending on, you know, on how I feel for, uh, of course, but um, sometimes what I found that if you're really not feeling it, um, that I actually dress like I am feeling it. So I actually, you know, I already start with my underwear. I wear the, the sexy ones, the ones that, you know, go like, hmm, I like this. And then often I actually wear a dress um, and some nice tights. Um, and if I really need it, I wear a red dress. <laughs> I put on red lipstick. Red lipstick is from, for me a game changer. Um, but sometimes I also feel like crap and I just need my my um 
uh, jogging and and very soft and cuddly and I need a, a warm blanket and and a cuddle and then I'm also good so it really depends on how I feel and 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 what I feel that I need um, and and actually giving into what I need and being okay with that that has also been a game chaser can you share a little bit more on that? Because I think that that is a very distinctive nuance, you know, giving into what you want and feeling, you know, kind of like what you were saying with a with a confidence of this is me, right? This is this is me. This is what I want. This is what I like right now. Um, can you talk a little bit more about um, about that little bit of nuance? Yes. Yeah, so I think too often. Um, we are, like you said, you know, almost brainwashed by society, by what we see or by what we are led to believe that's the norm. Um, and especially women or girls are almost more conditioned because we need to be sweet. We need to be um, really listening. You know, we always have to make the other more important than ourselves. So, when I am feeling something and I am honoring what I want to do, that is in itself for me already a victory because too often in my life, I have made others a priority over myself or I have done what I thought I was supposed to do. And by now honoring what I feel like, even though it may not completely align with what I had planned for that day, is so liberating. It is really, I can recommend it to everyone to, to really start working on that if you're currently not there yet, um, because it helps you to feel great. And as a business coach, I imagine that you are really supporting people and feeling more confident in themselves and in their business and, and more aligned with who they are as a person. Tell us more about what you do with your business and how people can get in contact with you. Sure. So um, a bit of a background about myself. I, I started my career as an international tax lawyer in one of the top three global audit firms. And basically, I learned time is money, don't waste it, and work very effective. So I did. Um, I climbed the corporate ladder. I worked in finance, HR, change management. And I did so well, but I lost myself along the way. I felt like truly I was someone else. I got burned out. I learned a bit, but not enough. And basically, I kept telling myself, you know, as long as I work hard, I'm okay. As long as I work hard, I'm worthy. Um, and until I even had my own business, and one day I woke up and I wasn't feeling it. I wasn't happy to start working. And that was such a shock because now I'm finally having my own business, finally having the freedom, and now I'm not happy. Um, and when I took a deep dive, I discovered that I was still trying to prove my worth by working all the time. I was working 24-7. And I thought, no, I had enough. This is not why I started my own business. This is not how I want to live my life. I have a, a beautiful family. I have an amazing guy. I have an amazing daughter. I, I really didn't want that. So I made a very conscious decision. But as you can imagine, it had a lot to do with allowing yourself to be who you are, being confident, 
being confident to say no and to really focus on what it is you want to do and what works for you. And the results have been amazing. So my mission is now to show you that you do not have to work 24-7 to be successful and that you can do it in your own way. And yes, if you do that, you will start to feel good as well. It's like almost unstoppable. And because you feel good, you get more confident. You feel more confident in your business as well. So it's really like a reinforcement altogether. So a lot of what we discussed tonight, I do, but then more on a business level. I love that. And, you know, as as you're talking about being confident to say no, uh, I imagine maybe there were times where it was harder for you to say no. Uh, And I'm curious about, you know, because I imagine, you know, someone who may be listening may have that experience of having a difficult time saying no, like they want to say it, but they don't know how. Um, What what was your experience like and what were some of the tools that you found for yourself or that you've used with your clients to help them build that confidence to say no? So what really helped me was um, is saying no was, first of all, realizing that when I say yes to someone else i'm saying no to myself and by doing that i make them more of a priority than myself and i want to be at least equal because i'm worth that so that was the first realization that really helped the second thing that helped was my drive to stop working all the time And I realized that I had to start saying no to things that I didn't actually really wanted to do. So I set myself goals, business goals and life goals, because it's critical to have both. And then if I had spare time, I would say yes to something unexpected. But a lot of times I didn't. And I actually realized that I found myself and my time important enough to say no and once you start doing that and in the beginning I started a bit you know more um, with a lot of stories so to say because it takes a bit of practice before you finally say no sorry I can't do it Um, but that helped me and and once I saw the effects that it actually got me closer to my goals quicker it gave me a lot of freedom then I started to become better at it because I love the results. I love, I that. love that. So I hear you sharing that uh, when it started for you, that you were doing it, that it came from this place of knowing that you really wanted um, to put yourself on the same playing field with others where you, if you're going to say yes to somebody else, like there's also got to be some space for you to say yes to yourself. Uh, and then I hear that you said, you know, in the very beginning, it was a whole lot of stories or the, this need to feel like we, you know, have to explain ourselves. But then as you saw the results, it became something where it became easier for you to say no, because it didn't, it sounds like it stopped feeling tied to their emotion or their reaction and started feeling more tied to you saying yes with a full body yes, when it's a full body yes, and when when it's not, feeling grounded and being okay with saying no. Yes. You, you know what is also a game changer? Instead of saying sorry, saying thank you for understanding. 
That is such a nice way. You know, every time I, I, I do it, I still smile to myself because if you say that, it feels good for yourself. And it also makes the other, the other go like, okay, yeah, I do actually understand. It's a different ball game altogether instead of saying, oh, I'm so sorry, but just thank you for understanding is, is I really like that one. Yes, I, I use that one. And then I also, instead of saying sorry, if I'm late, I say, thank you for your patience. Yes. Another, you know, and I think the more that we can look and say, thank you for the, to the other person for giving us grace instead of apologizing. I think it's such a, it's such a powerful turn of phrase. So thank yeah. you for bringing that up. I think it's so valuable. And one thing that I love about what you're talking about is, um, you know, Diana and I both support businesses in our um, individual pursuits. And so we get asked all the time, what does body positivity have to do with business or is body positivity important in business? And I would love to hear your answers to those questions. For me, very much so, because the more confident about who you are, how you feel, how you look, the more confident you are in business as well. Because if you feel confident about you, you almost automatically feel confident about what you do and what you offer. And when you are confident, it's easier to sell. People are more attracted to you. People trust you more because there's no waiver. There's no doubt. This is you. You're amazing. You should definitely work with me. Don't want to? Also fine because I'm still amazing. And that it, it, they say confidence is sexy and confidence sells. So yes, the more positive you are about how you look, how you feel, the better it is for your business. That's huge. You heard it here. <laughs> the more confident you feel, and the, and the more sexy you feel and the more you feel body positivity, the better outcomes you're going to see in your business. Thank you so much for that. I think I've been waiting for somebody to come on and say that exact phrase. So, um, and I just want to say we didn't um, have a conversation about this before the podcast or anything. This is all, um, all live. Uh, but thank you for that perspective. Um, and, and Diana and I both agree for sure. I would love to know from you, what is your favorite self-care practice? Um, it, it really depends on, on, on how I feel again. I, I have got several. So I love the beach. The beach is really where I go to. It can take away it. I always like to envision that the wind, it's always windy at the beach or at least my beaches. Uh, the wind takes away any worries or anything that's stuck I love the sound of the waves. I love to read. That's really something that's special to me. And I love to, you know, snuggle, um, give my daughter a hug. Um, that really, that really helps. Or just taking a break. Um, and the one thing I do right now, I do it daily but I'm smiling because I'm not sure whether I'm going to continue doing it daily. But right now I go out every morning for a run in nature. And that's incredible for my mindset, how I feel to connect with nature, to truly hear nature. Um, and that's, I think, a great way to start your day and great way of self-care and self-love. 
I love that. And I'm curious because I, I hear you saying, you know, it really does depend on my mood or it depends on how I'm feeling. What helps you discern what feels good in the moment or how do you know that something is feeling good for you? Um, so, for example, when I'm sad, it's more the, the, the snuggly, the, the soft, the cuddly. Um, when I'm tired, it's more the reading. Uh, when I'm when I'm. <laughs> I actually have a whole library and I realize <laughs> when I'm stuck or, you know, when I'm not or too much in my head, the sea is always good. And uh, the, the running in the morning and being in nature, it's more um, a, a precaution than anything else. It's just for me to start my day great because I feel like, ooh, you know, um, and I've, I've noticed the, the positive effect on my mindset. So it's it's basically the mood I'm in that determines what I want to do. I love that. Uh, what I'm hearing you say is like really looking at the benefit that you receive from the form of self-care or self-love that you choose and then recognizing based on your emotional state what might be the most uh, beneficial for you. So if you're sad, maybe it's finding comfort, whereas if it's if it's feeling tired, maybe what you need is energy and just knowing how it sounds like you've tried a lot of different self-care practices to be able to identify and know for yourself these are the ones that help me and they help me in this certain way. And I think for all of us, uh, for those of us listening as well, we can really see and understand that the more we can look at our self-care or things that we do and see how they benefit us, the more that we can directly choose those benefits when we find ourselves needing to reconnect. Yes. I also love your flexibility. Um, so I know that humans have a tendency to decide like, this is the way self-care is across the board, no matter what my mood is or how I'm feeling or whatever. Um, and I love the flexibility that you have with yourself. Um, I would love for you to share more about that and that feeling into what feels good in those moments so that our listeners can maybe apply that in their own lives too. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I find flexibility very important in my life and in general. I'm, to be honest, I'm very easily bored. <laughs> so some people, you know, I'm a multi-potentialite, as they like to say. I, I find a lot of things interesting. Another way of saying it is I'm quickly bored. I want to do something else. So if I would do the same thing over and over again, it would already feel restrictive to me. And when something is restrictive, I, I want to push against it. So then I won't do it because it's like you have to do it. And I, because in my life, I feel like I've had so many times I have to do it. Like, of course, my, you know, being a work addict that was like, oh, I have to do this. So now anything that goes to have to, <laughs> not my thing. So that's, that's my background in it. And when I work with clients, I also often ask them about a couple of things. So what's your happy place? Where do you feel better? And why don't you go there? When was the last time you went there? Which is another self-care exercise. Um, and I love it when my client texts me, oh, I'm at the beach now. I took my Friday off, you know, and then they still feel guilty when they just started working. Oh, I, I took the Friday off and I go like, yay, good for you. Uh, I often get tagged in, in on social media. 
oh, I'm inspired by you. So I did. And then they, they went, you know, stopped working and did something for themselves. And um, I also ask my clients, but I also know for myself, what are the activities that make you feel good? Your, your self-care or your self-love activities. And I think it's good to have options. You know, um, I've got even more. Of course, there's chocolate and tea. And there's the rom-com. I love that as well. And and sometimes it's journaling or a bath. But I I like varieties because I think we need varieties in our lives. I love that, Yvonne. As I say, you know, especially as a chef and also a person who really believes in uh, having a lot of different kinds of passion, variety is the spice of life. It it wakens the palate. It helps us recognize, you know, that we are alive because sometimes, you know, just like Arliss was saying, we get stuck in the routine. We think that we have to do it. It's always got to be this way. And when we can give ourselves a little bit of flexibility, it allows for us to come back to the routine. Like it sounds to me like the uh, the running in nature is something that like really, really benefits you. But at the same time, even as you were sharing it with us, you were like, I don't know that I'll do it forever. You know, and it's like, maybe I won't do it tomorrow kind of thing. And I love that lightness that you bring to it because so many times as we're trying to better ourselves, we put these regimented plans in that say, I have to do this. It's got to be this exact way, not realizing that that's part of what boxes us in. And I hear I hear you mentioning this too, as it comes to being a work addict or being obsessed with overwork and doing so much. Can you share a little bit more about that? How, how you kind of got away from that concept of I have to do it? Yeah. So what I really, uh, what has helped me a lot is asking myself the question whenever I went in my mind, I have to do this or this has to be done. There is, you already, when you see it, you already go like, you know, ah, if you can't see me, I'm making a very difficult face now. Um, and then I started asking myself, do I want to do this? And when you can replace have to by I want to, you, you can already feel it, right? Ah, do I want to do this? Well, maybe, maybe not so much, but I do know that I want a happy client and this will help me with a happy client. So yes, I want to do it. But the, the, the heavy lifting, the must and the, the grinding goes away when you truly answer this question. Can I replace have to with want to? And do I really want it then? Yes, I do. Okay, great. I'm going to do it. No, I don't. Okay, so what's happening here? And, and if you don't want to do it, there are three things you can do or you can change about it. First one is stop it altogether. Easy. <laughs> Easier said than done, though, right? Stop it. If you feel it has to be done, don't do it yourself. Give it to someone else to do it. Or if you feel it has to be done and it has to be done by you, change the way you are doing it or change what you are doing so that you make it fun and that you actually can say, yes, I want to do it. So very easy. If, you're, if you still feel I have to do it, stop it. Give it to someone else or make it fun so that you do want to do it. 
But I hear in what you're saying um, is a phrase that I use often, which is, are you committed or are you just interested? Um, And, you know, I ask people, are you interested? You know, I ask them that and they're like, well, I'd kind of like to do this. And it's like, well, then you're not committed because the things that we're committed to, um, we, we make happen. Right. And obviously, and I love what you're saying about making it a want to, because it, it pairs that commitment with the desire, passion, and enjoyment um, yes. of the thing, which is critically important. It's a great question. Are you committed or are you in? I'm going to write that down. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we talked a little bit about cultural or societal norms early on in the podcast, do you feel like there are cultural or societal norms that you subscribe to or that you specifically do not subscribe to? Yes. So um, there is the, the norm that you have to work hard to, to, to make it. You have to work hard to be a success. There are so many quotes and, and statements, you know, never give up. Um, and in a way, it sounds fun, but it isn't. Sometimes you really have to give up. Stop. And and only when you work hard, you will get somewhere. And, you know, there's so many quotes and so many um, um, people subscribe to it. Um, and, and many um, famous people, you know, stand for it. And like, oh, you really have to work hard. And... I am not saying you shouldn't do work at all. I am just saying you do not have to work all the time to be successful or to make it work. Really, it's not necessary. You can have a life and you can have a business or you can work. You can have both and you can still make it. The thing is, we tell ourselves or we are told so often that we have to do so many things, and it's not true. If you really focus on what matters, it becomes easy, and you do not have to work so much. So that's definitely something I don't subscribe to, and I think it's actually old-fashioned thinking, but it's very much ingrained in many of us. I can definitely relate to that, Yvonne. In my business, one of the things I say as a, as a life coach is work smarter, not harder, because I grew up for sure with that hard work mentality. And it's it's one of those things. It's kind of like exercise. I'm not saying don't ever exercise, but that there could be a negative relationship that we have with exercise or with hard work where we start to rely upon it in a way where we don't allow for ourselves to truly enjoy life and to to be and that that can actually detract from our life experience. One of the things that I try to remember, can't say it's easy, (laughs) but one of the things that I try to remember for myself is that the way that we were created by our creator, whether you believe in God, the universe or whatever, in our first forms, we were literally here to have sex, to eat and to just like hang around the jungle and play and have fun. And how much of my life still reflects the joys of those things that I was brought as a human being upon this earth to do versus the societal conditioning that has come upon me to believe that I need this nice house, this nice thing, this nice, this level of success or this accolade or this goal to feel whole when my creator made me whole. 
that's a beautiful yeah i like that so as we we're coming to the end of the podcast and i i have to say that this has been incredibly enjoyable and I appreciate how vulnerably and authentically you've shared. I also appreciate all of the golden nuggets of expertise that you have um, spoken about today, uh, because I don't know about you, Diana, but I definitely learned um, along the way in the podcast today. If you had to leave our listeners with a last thought um, to inspire them, what would you leave them with? Well. My my uh, favorite um, 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 farewell <laughs> is always, you're amazing and don't you forget it. Talk about a mic drop moment there. Thank you so much, Yvonne, for being here with us today. Um, it's really refreshing and wonderful to have a business coach um, talking about the importance of body positivity and really living and breathing that in their lives and in, as an example to others and to their clients. So I, I am so grateful for that. Diana, do you have any last thoughts? No, I, I love that, that Yvonne is one of those folks who is also standing up against that toxic hustle culture that has been propagated for so many years uh, and, and that you're really sharing this concept and, and living and embodying it, as Arliss said, of, of loving yourself, loving your life and finding confidence by being more true to who you are and, what, and, and owning that fully. So thank you so much for that, Yvonne. Thank you both for having me. It was really a pleasure. Yes. yes. And thank you for listening to the Body Positivity Podcast for body love, inclusivity, and respect for self and others. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye.